What's up, guys? It's your boy, Johnny Bananas, and I'll be covering all the treachery, deceit, backstabbing, and murder from season two of The Traders U.S. on my podcast, Death, Taxes, and Bananas. I'll be joined all season by my fellow castmates to swap stories, provide all the behind-the-scenes antics, and sordid details from filming. So sally forth and join me for season two of The Traders every Saturday on the Ringer Reality TV podcast feed. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Or at least I don't do crystal meth in the bathroom all night long. That's my he will never emotionally fulfill you. Because I don't want to be a part of it. Go to sleep! Go to sleep! Close your legs to married men, trash box. I'll tell you how I'm doing. Not well, bitch. Who gonna check me, boo? Welcome to Morally Corrupt, a show here on the Ringer Reality Feed. I'm Rachel Lindsay, she's Jody Walker, and woo, we gotta get into the news of the week. We got, like, separation, we've got lawsuits we've got new trailers i mean what and and that's not even we've got a new podcast announcement i mean there's so many things that are happening in bravo world of course let's get into the big news of the week and i think my take my opinion on it may surprise you jody so rachel formerly known as Raquel Levis, is suing Tom Sandoval Ariana Ma- and Ariana Maddox over claims of revenge porn, all as a fallout from we know of Scandoval. So she filed the lawsuit in LA Thursday. So mind you, we haven't heard anything from, from Raquel. Like we're getting bits and pieces as we're currently watching Vanderpump Rules, but we know that, that this is stuff that happened over the summer. So in present day, other than her podcast, we don't really know what's going on. So she's filed a lawsuit in LA. She's seeking damages. She's saying that her former co-stars, she's taking them to court because she is alleging that they were eavesdropping, I guess, revenge porn and invasion of privacy all towards her. Um, In the document, which is really interesting, everybody should read it. It's only 19 pages, but as with the lawsuit, the meat of it <laughs> is probably only like three or four. Pages. Because the first few pages are setting the scene, right? Like you got to name the people, you got to say the like the jurisdiction, but like the meat of it, the facts, it's probably only like four, maybe five pages. Um, but all the things she says are wild. Like whoever is her attorney really did a work of art in presenting and laying out the facts of this case. One of the things that she's alleging is that she's a victim of predatory and dishonest behavior of an older man. The shade in the lawsuit, an older man. Tom is dying somewhere reading it. He's mad at the older man than victim of predatory and dishonest behavior, 100%. It goes on to say, uh, so she's the victim of this older man who films sexually explicit videos without her knowledge or consent. California is a two-party consent state. You cannot film somebody without, or record somebody without their knowledge. She further claims that the recordings were distributed, disseminated, and discussed, love the alliteration, publicly by a scorned woman seeking vengeance. 
I love the way this is laid out. I'm so sorry. It reads like a soap opera. Days of our lives, young and the restless, young and Raquel. This is what this is giving. I love it so much. Jody, your thoughts? I think she has, yeah, a valid claim. Yes, for revenge porn. Mm, I guess I would need to dig a little deeper on, but for non-consensually being recorded, yes. she. If she says that, that it was not consensual, they did not agree for her to record it, which she's always said, and she said when she sent out her cease and desist letters, I do feel like, yeah, she has a claim against Tom. I agree that this language is quite masterful in its craft, and I wish I could have had her or her lawyer. I guess she upgraded from the Mickey Mouse lawyer that they were talking about her having last season on the show. It is well said, but by saying that it's, you know, distributed, disseminated, and discussed publicly by a scorned woman... It's like, well, you scorned her. You know, that's calling someone a scorned woman is not an insult to them if you are the one that that harmed them and scorned them. I guess it's not exactly meant, I mean, it is meant to be an insult, but I just think she should have left Ariana out of it. She'd done enough. It's like Tom did it. And I, Ariana, as far as we know, she sent it to herself. She sent the video to herself. And then she sent the video to Raquel. I do not know if she sent it to other people. I don't know if that is like factually known, but it seems like having sent it to Raquel is actually informing Raquel that it exists, even though she sent it to Raquel and said, and I quote, you're dead to me. Like when she found out via the video, I just, I don't, also, like, are they going to have to be co-defendants in this? Like, it's a very weird... I feel completely fine about her suing Tom. And I agree that she was the victim of a predatory older man. And I like that it's... You know, I think that is something that's under-discussed. Like, we definitely talked about, you know, her being kind of under his spell and him being older. But he's, like, 14 She's years 28. older than her. Oh, she's 28. I'm not going to... like. The she fact was 27 that, yeah. when they dated. And he, I personally believe that he's like 44 years old. Like and I he believe that be, he's older but than she's, he says. In my opinion, she's old enough. Like I'm not going to take like a victim of predatory. He did not, he might've manipulated you, but my God, how many relationships does that have it? You know, like, does that happen in? But I don't think, and I'm not one to take up for Tom Sandoval, but I don't think it's predatory in what he did. Do I think that she's not the smartest and easily impressionable? Absolutely. But that's Raquel. And that would have happened to her if Tom was 29, 39, or 49, which we suspect him to be. It's true. That is, a, it's a good point that his manipulation is actually ageless. Like his ability to be an asshole knows no time or space continuum. He, he was doing that when he was, you know, 30 when we saw him on the show and he's doing it now, there is something about her that is so undeveloped, you know, that even like 27 is a full ass adult and it doesn't and she doesn't wear it like that or she didn't. I and, and this is what's so hard in the moment. I don't know what I would have done if I had been in the same situation as Ariana. I definitely would have sent the video to myself because I would need that. But I don't know if I would have been like. Jody, oh my God, look at this shit. I at least would have shown it to people on my phone. I don't I can't I, imagine I, showing someone else's. 
I mean, this is getting into the dirt, but like, I can't imagine showing someone else's naked body to, I I would just send it to Katie. You know what I mean? Like Katie, look at the, I could see a close friend, right? I wouldn't have sent it to everybody. It sounds like maybe it was sent to the Bravo producers as well. And I think in our, and Ariana kind of is a vengeful person. And in the heat of the moment, we saw she was at the um, reunion as well. She was like, a scorn. I'm hurt. I'm going to hurt you without thinking about it. But this is not a criminal case. It is a civil case, which is a lesser, is le- is easier to prove. Like the burden yeah, of proof I mean, I, is not I, as she great has a in a case, civil like, case. I, I think she has a case. I'm very interested to see where this goes. And so, Rachel, like if she's suing both of them, are they co-defendants? They can separate. They are, but they don't have to. They don't have to try. They are co-defendants right now. Everybody. If they're co-defendants and they still live in the same house, do they have to argue this case together and get the same lawyer? They could. They can separate. They don't have to. They don't have to have the same lawyer. And if this went to trial, they can try the cases separately. They can put a motion in to separate it. They don't have to do it together. What I'm very curious about is the allegation of eavesdropping, which is, I did not know a crime. And if so, I'm in big trouble because I stay eavesdropping. But also, eavesdropping is listening. And I, as we've discussed several times on this podcast, when you screen record a FaceTime, there's no audio. So that has to be about something else, I think. And I'm curious... I mean, it just feels like something we don't know. When were they eavesdropping on her? Well, well, in the first episode of Vanderpump Rules, Tom Sandoval had to use the white noise machine because he accused Ariana of listening into his conversations. But I will also say, I do think that Raquel has the right to ask for the videos to be completely destroyed. Yeah. And I hope that she is at least able to get some type of judgment in regards to that. Like it's and ima- the way- oh, imagine having that kind of material with someone as untrustworthy as Tom Sandoval. Yeah. And the and the way it's just like written, that's why I like I urge everyone to go out and read it. Just the whole notion of like they did this to me. They did this to me. They, I didn't get to tell this side of the story. It's like, well, you've been on this show for years. You know that they're going to pick and choose and use information, but you still committed the act, which is something that we'll talk about in Vanderpump Rules, because there seems to be this through line of not wanting to take the blame or responsibility and constantly finding other people to shift that blame to. And I'm sick That's of why it. terrible people surround themselves with terrible people because you can just shift it all around. That's like the tale as old as time with Vanderpump rules. That's why the Toms and Jacks hang out together or used to hang out together because they could just cover up and shift around blame and be disgusting. And mm, what a time. <laughs> <laughs> or just bring AI Billy. I don't want to. Why did you bring that up, Rachel? I don't want to. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to think about that scene again. <laughs> oh. um, in other news, the trailer dropped for The Valley. Now, previously, we got a little teaser, which we all remember. That was Jax riding around in a toy car with leather gloves, with the finger holes cut out, creepily looking at this fictional neighborhood. 
Um, we didn't get it. We didn't understand it. The only person in the neighborhood was Brittany. We said it looked like Desperate Housewives. Now we're getting the full picture. We're getting to see their friends, see who's on the show, see some of the drama. When you looked at it, did it change your mind about this show? Are you excited to watch it? Is it enticing in any way to you? I am so deeply disinterested in this show, which, like, I root for my girl, Kristen Doty, my now girl, recent now girl, <laughs> Kristen Doty. Um, I want her to, like, have her comeuppance and her comeback. I mean, she basically already did when she rolled into Vanderpump Rules and those Adidas slides. I don't think she needs to do anything more than that. But no, I don't want to, I don't. I don't watch this show. I don't want to watch this show. And then now there's this strange news that Jax and Brittany are separating or not. They said they were separating uh, conveniently right around when this show is going to pre be premiering. But I actually don't find that convenient. Like, isn't the whole cell that they're like the anchor of this franchise? I think... Like, my first thought was, oh, this is a coincidence, the fact that they're announcing their separation. I think that people who are fans of them or who are curious about this new type of show, they're going to want to see how, if, if they're separating now, then there's something in the show that shows the breakdown of the relationship. Very similar, which we'll talk later, to what we're seeing on Summer House. We know Carl and Lindsay broke off their engagement. We want to see how did this come about? Were there signs? That's kind of like, that is, I will say, that's sparking my interest. I want to see if Jackson and Brittany are exactly the same they were when they were on Vanderpump Rules. I want to understand. I thought I would assume, because from what I've seen, I've interviewed them since then. I, you know, they've had a, sh a watch show about Scandal. They have a podcast. It seems that they've really created this family, this foundation in the Valley. They're stable. There was even talks about them selling their house, moving to Florida. So it is a little bit like, oh, well, that's not what I thought was going on with them. So now I'm curious. Is Jax the same? Could he only be this type of Jax, Valley Jax, for so long? And now he's going back to WeHo Jax. I just almost feel like I was more interested when it was like, whoa, is Jax, like, is Jax actually reformed? Now it, now to me, it feels even less so like he is. Like you, like you made the comparison of Lindsay and Carl. It's like, yeah, the signs are there with Lindsay and Carl. The signs have always been there with Lindsay and Carl that this was not going to work out. It seemed like some absolute trick of magic that maybe they were making it work. And it feels kind of the same for Jackson Brittany because as far as we've ever seen them, they're a wreck, like an absolute wreck. So, yeah, in some way, I think I did think that like maybe these two crazy kids we're going to make it because they were just crazy enough. That's kind of what I thought with Carl with Lindsay and Lindsay too. I'm an idiot. I don't, I don't know how I no, convince myself of these no, things. No, you are not. Just hopeless. I'm a, I'm no, a hopeless you are romantic not. for chaos, I guess. You are that. And, and I join you. I join you in that love. But I will say, I guess I just thought Brittany, for Brittany to go through so much what she went through to eventually have a child and then marry Jax, I just thought Brittany would always be down. So I'm curious if this was motivated by Jax. You know, they, they've come out at this point and said that they are not divorcing, they're separating. Because I got it, season two. Season two, Jax and Brittany are living separ separated. And so you're gonna see, and they probably have rules and boundaries. And the question becomes, can Jax, 
stay in those boundaries. We know he can't. I have a kid, right? Yes, he's like five. I could easily see season two being like, will Jax be able to maintain, you know, faithfulness in this separation? Is he really working on himself during the separation or did he just need a break from Brittany? Well, there's nothing like watching a story you already know the answer to. <laughs> I don't know, Jody. I feel like my plate is full on, I haven't even been able to dive into Southern hospitality. I just, I'm coming out of a shameless binge. I just finished the show Shameless. So now I'm coming back into reality TV world and I just don't know if I have the willpower to watch another show. I just don't. We'll see. I might like wait a couple of weeks and then I'll report back. But you know who will be watching it? For sure, Callie. Yep. So we'll let her tell us. You know Callie's going to watch. Callie will absolutely be watching. I have also noticed from watching the chat blow up that producer Devin, I believe, will be watching. She seems very Uh, excited. (laughs) She said, the intrigue about them separating. Maybe maybe we can get her on mic with Callie to, to... to talk about if Jax has changed. Speaking of, let's move, or not speaking of, but let's move to Vanderpump Rules. So we finally get to Tahoe. We've been talking about Tahoe forever. I mean, not much happens this episode, but again, there are like crumbs that are being sprinkled, which are kind of letting you know where people stand, where the alliances are going to be, and... I find that interesting. So we don't, let off the top, we're not getting anything from Katie and Ariana. I mean, they're skipping the trip. They're down for each other. You know, we see Ariana with a designer redecorating the house, which I will say, we went from that house being bare bones. I, dare I say, I see why Sandoval doesn't want to leave. Like, it's really, and Ariana said, revealed that she bought most of the furniture. It's a really nice, nicely decorated house. Like, they really I agree. I also, home. like, kind of hadn't noticed that, yeah, it looks good. I was like, oh, those chairs are cute. Oh, that thing is cool. They got custom furniture in there. Man, he really very blew expensive. up their lives. <laughs> yeah, very, very expensive. Um, but they don't they don't go. And I love how down Katie is for Ariana. Um, now, we get a lot of Sandoval in this episode. And I have to say, as concerned as I am about anyone's mental health, I did not sign up for a redemption tour for Tom Sandoval. I would have rather that Tom Sandoval just wasn't there at all. But to watch, to, to try to make us feel empathy, it's one thing when, when he's talking about his mental health. Again, I have to keep saying that. But this episode was more of like trying to get everybody on the team and not just those on the show. I feel like the audience. And he says things. And the thing thing that he said this episode that really, really got me was he said, and I'm paraphrasing here, I think he's talking to James and he's like, I, what we did was not good or what we did was wrong, but it wasn't malicious. What they have done has malicious intent. The delusion. The delusion. He is out of his mind. Like, to be able to convince yourself of that, that you had no malicious intent by 
going behind your girlfriend's back for months, having sex with her friend in your shared house where she bought all the nice furniture. She probably bought the bed they were fucking in. Like to say, if you want to say that that wasn't malicious, whatever, that's one thing. Like it's intentional. It's you're doing this thing with intent to you had to lie. Divide you had to your actions yeah. from your thoughts is like classic behavior of Tom Sandoval. But to be able to assign that to other people because they're talking about you on a podcast and calling that malicious is so wild. And the thing about this redemption tour is that like you have to do redeeming things for something to be a redemption tour. And like, he is so deeply unredeeming. Like there is nothing (laughs) redeeming about the way that he's acting. It's other people trying to redeem him. It's Lisa Vanderpump trying to redeem him because she's worried about his mental health. And you can like, I think, tread lightly with someone's mental health without being like, okay, now the team has to be friends with him again. I found it really, I like wasn't really thinking about the trip going into it that much. And I found it really weird to watch them all together again. It's been so separate for so long. It's been so separate. We didn't know how people were going to respond to him. We didn't know what we were going to get from Tom Sandoval. I mean, we knew that, you know, he wasn't going to be unapologetic. Like, but I, even like the dopey, like, Poor, like, thanks, guys, for being nice to me. Thanks, guys, for being, like, I'm just really grateful. It's like, I don't believe you. Because if I did for two seconds, the moment you took a sledgehammer and started, as Lala pointed out, saying, Scandaval and Lala and James Kennedy and Worm with the mustache. Again, he thought it was funny. We know he does not have any funny bones in his body. He's not a funny man. Not a funny man. Just, it's like, you know, like, I'm sorry for what I did. Like, I miss my friends. I want to be a better man. Like, this is so simple to do. And yet all you did was blame all the other people because it's always about what Tom feels and how other people make him feel and not n- no, taking no responsibility or accountability for his actions. And I'm so tired of that, watching that from him. You know the thing that he said to James that was so crazy? And I thought maybe it was what you were going to say, but I think it was like two different conversations. One was at the beginning when he said the thing about malicious intent. And then in his final conversation with James, he said, I guess he actually said it in his confessional. He said, it wasn't, and he's saying this as a defense of self. It wasn't just about being with Rachel. It was about getting out of a bad relationship. So like, he genuinely thinks that what he did was like, a way to get out of a relationship when he refused to just break up with her and communicate with her at every turn. Like, he genuinely believes this stuff. It is unsettling. (laughs) Don't save him. He doesn't want to be saved. Just, like, let it go. And I think that he has convinced himself that, you know, going to the, like, speaking towards the statement that you just brought up and the malicious comments that he made at the top of the episode it didn't matter his actions because he genuinely loved her. And that's what I find extremely manipulative too. 
I don't believe him when he's like, I miss Raquel or, you know, because there's no way that Raquel said those last five, those last five minutes talking that badly about Tom Sandoval. And he's still like, I love her. I miss her because he's seen it at this point. I think he is, that plays into his narrative of, well, it wasn't malicious because I loved her. It wasn't bad because I miss her. And what we had was real. No, it was bad. And I don't believe at all that you're talking to her, that you saw her text messages go from green to blue, that no, you have completely, because I thought we read somewhere that they were not talking. So it's really interesting to watch this and for him to say he's tried so much to communicate with her and discusses his love for her in every way. And James flat out says, so like, are y'all going to be together or what? And he's like, I don't know. Yeah, because the answer is no. And now I'm remembering it. Wasn't he on stage shitting on her? During this time, he was touring with Sam Duvall, Tom Sandoval and the most extras. And he was on stage making digs at Raquel. Yeah, I mean, he was throwing out all kinds of stuff. I'm, I, I, from the moment the season started, I was like, everything he is saying about Raquel, Rachel is not true. Like the way that he kept being like, yeah, I knew that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I knew she was changing her name back to Rachel. Yeah, I I knew that. I knew that she was out of rehab. Yeah, I knew about that. I was like, yeah, that's like when I said in middle school and I was like, yeah, I kissed a boy at camp. Yeah, no, I totally know what it's like to kiss a boy. It's like, he's just, he's just like making, and what power does he think that that gains him? I, I can't. Because he loved her. He's hurting in all of this. Like, guys, I just was following my heart because I really loved her. So that excuses all of my bad behavior. Him being like, James, uh, you know, I don't want to get into it right now, but James isn't telling the real story about Graham slash Hippie. Uh-huh. He's like, he's not What's telling the, the real, real story? story, Tom? Hit us with it. I also, I literally don't understand the logistics. Like, she's been at this rehab facility he even says her texts go to green. Like, I assume she was not able to use her cell phone. Like, how were they? How does, how is all of this community? Is it all happening exactly. through postcards? It's just. Oh, yeah. I forgot about the postcards. It might have been happening through postcards, which as a reminder to everyone, one side is a picture and the other side, you can see everything somebody writes. Hopefully she put that in an envelope. Hopefully, she put no, that in the envelope. she was drawing lightning bolts all over him. So help me God, if if I have to listen to Raquel's podcast to, like, get the truth and know if Tom was really talking to her or not, I need to know, Rachel. No, 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 no. Because here's the thing, too. I don't believe a word of what either of them say. So it's like... Raquel's totally watching Vanderpump Rules. She's podcasting on it. Good for her for being an opportunist, which, by the way, is what the other co-stars on this show were doing. They were not, it wasn't malicious intent. They were opportunists. They took advantage of a moment to speak on a situation that they were adjacent to and affected by. That's why they made merch. That's why they created podcasts and these episodes dedicated to it. Not because they're set out to ruin you and to hate you. They're speaking on what they did, which is what Raquel is doing. They're opportunist. They're opportunist. Um, anything else happen? The Brock and Sheena stuff, like I just, it's a little dark to me. It's a little it is dark. dark. Why is why is it dark? Does it, it feel feels, dark to you? Yes. Like it it feels, I think it's because some it feels so back and forth. Like sometimes they feel 
so happy and fine. And then and then when you really see them fighting, it's like, oh, is that all a veneer? Like, how are they doing? Because it, it did not seem like good in that when they are just like yell fighting in that bikini store and that poor shop attendant is just having to like yeah. <laughs> listen. I yeah. It's, and it doesn't, none of it seems healthy. Both sides of it, like, don't like him being like, this is because your mom didn't pay attention to you. And then her not being able to, but she's always like talking about not being able to leave Summer Moon while she's away from Summer Moon. So it's like, a, <laughs> I'm actually, a, I'm like logistically a little confused about what the problem is. I don't like discredit it to her. And, you know, like having a child completely changes you in every way and can cause a lot of like mental difficulty. But I cannot, I can't really figure out what's going on. And what happened to that nanny? I think, well, well, you, well the nanny, didn't the nanny get another job? Ugh. She got another job, like somebody. Did I make this up? I don't know. I was like, falling I, in I couldn't quite follow it. what was happening with the nanny, but pay her more, man. Outbid well, them, no, you remember know? the day that she was going to let the nanny stay? She panicked and her sister came over. So I, it's always her mom and her sister. And I, I can't imagine. I feel like I would probably be have a little OCD and be super protective about my child and concern? Are they going to watch her the way that I do and anything could happen? And yeah, so I, I can't even imagine what that, what all that is like, but I'm not into that drama. I'm more into what's happening next week with Lala and Sandoval going at it. That's what I want to see. Because Lala has already said, this is what I mean about sprinkling those crumbs. She's already been like, huh, that's interesting that he can't take the blame. So she's hot. She's watching it. She's but hot. she's also but being real like friendly. Like right now, she's being real friendly. But she's not happy. It is interesting because like Sheena's going to fold like a napkin. And Sheena was always going to fold like a napkin. Like she <laughs> is the weakest link. She can somehow forget that like truly no one's been more awful to her than Tom Sandoval. Like he said terrible things to her, to her face, behind her back, on the phone, in earnest, in rage. Like, he does not like her, is the thing. Like, he he doesn't like her. He just uses her. Anyways, I'm kind of interested in the in the Sheena of it all. I think I'm sort of scared of the law. I'm, like, trepidatious about the Lala storyline because I wonder if she's eventually going to fold, too, and I don't want her to. I mean, they're already there. When they're just sitting around happily with him at that dinner table, I was like, what is going on? I mean, she already called Raquel, so it's only a matter of time. She already, I mean, think about where she was with Raquel on that reunion to her picking up the phone and leaving a, a DM voice note. Her heart grew three sizes like the Grinch at some point in between that reunion and the and the premiere or the starting of filming of this season. She like completely changed her disposition. Also, at the moment, she doesn't have a storyline. So think about it. What's going on? We, we, aren't, we aren't privy to anything that's going on in her personal life. She can't film with her daughter on camera. So there's just like so much we're not getting with her. So this is her storyline. Lala's not stupid. Mm, no, she's not. She's not stupid. Um, all right. Looks like things are picking up when it comes to Vanderpump Rules. And we will be covering it again next week when it's Lala versus Sandoval. Um, I can't wait to hear her great one-liners and his terrible ones. 
It's oh, just reminding me. Yeah. Of what he, what I did do he love when he heard the reunion. Yeah, I can't remember what he said at the reunion. Her, and it was like, oh, Tom. Here, I love. I loved earlier that you said he is so deeply unfunny. Like that's always like the most sort of unnerving thing for me is to find someone who is like really, really not funny. Like then he thinks he's funny. Oh, he's always like laughing at himself. It's always the worst when people think there's something, like really have it convinced. And it's so obvious to everybody else that they are not that person. When the branding doesn't match the reality. That's what my (laughs) therapist says. Oh, Um, interesting. Yeah. Uh, Okay, let's move it on to Beverly Hills reunion, the reunion part one, which I have been so eager to get to. But I was a little disappointed, and this is on me, because unlike Tom Sandoval, I can take the blame when I make a mistake. I waited a couple of days to watch it. And so I saw a lot of the clips on social thinking that okay, but it's still going to give me more in the episode. And it didn't. So I saw all the highlights before I watched it. But that's on me because I should have stayed off social until I watched the episode. Yeah. I actually, there were some highlights though, right? Like things were floating around. People were excited about Crystal heating up and Anna Maria. Now, see, I have been sticking to Anne Marie because that is how it's spelled. It's Anna Marie. It's Anna Marie. Anna Marie uh, getting heated. Garcelle and Dorit getting into it. I think we're just scratching the surface with Kyle. Um, and I do not think this is going to be a good reunion for her. They never It's really not going to be a good reunion. It's not going to be a good reunion for Kyle. Um, and you're right. They never are. Why? Because people complain that Kyle is more of a producer and doesn't, like, show her life. But every season, Kyle's in the hot seat. I don't think she's ever left that chair. That chair is permanently Kyle's next to Andy on his right. It is permanently Kyle's seat, I feel like. Last year was Kathy. I can't go back the year before, but last year was Kathy. And this year, obviously, it's Mauricio, it's Morgan. Um, it's her fights with Sutton. I'm sure I'm, it's her, the loss of her friend. Like we got a lot of Kyle this season. Uh, but I do find, I loved the way this episode started off with Dorit, who really, you can tell is over the shits with Kyle. She's not trying to protect her. She's really hurt and upset by things Kyle has said, the lack of friendship that they've had and what she called manipulation to silence her. When you, when she read that text to Erica, and Erica is totally being Switzerland in all of this, when she read that text to Erica, did you agree with Dorie's sentiments? Yeah, yeah. Like, I, did too. I think that's a it's, bunch of bullshit super... for Kyle to text her that and be like, let's keep this. I've already lost people on TV. Let's keep this off TV because I think that's how Kyle gets away with it is like, yeah, she has shown a lot of her damaged relationship with her sisters. Um, but she's also always like hiding stuff and pulling strings behind the scenes. And that's, I, I actually don't have a huge problem with that. Like, it's kind of, her prerogative. Sometimes it makes the show run. Sometimes it doesn't. And like, for her to tell Dorit 
that she, that Dorit has anything to do with the Morgan rumors. Like, you know what that's going to do to, like, talk about the Morgan thing on the show. This woman has been all over town with Morgan. They practically have their hands in each other's back pockets. She filmed a music video with her. Like, Dor- I don't even remember Dorit saying anything about Morgan. Like, that is not how that rumor is getting spread. It's Kyle's feeding into it in in every way. And I also don't think, I mean, what's Dorit supposed to, I don't think that Dorit did like anything very bad about Kyle's marriage. I almost like, maybe I'm being gullible, but I almost feel like Dorit was genuinely confused. And for, Ky- for Kyle to say that um, she's not, that Dorit's not her friend, like that they're not actually good friends, I think that was probably deeply painful for Dorit because it might be true. I bet Dorit's not one of Kyle's best friends, but Kyle is one of Dorit's best friends because I think that Kyle is like more capable of deep friendship. But I also think she wouldn't have said that like one or two years ago. You know, I think she did change and she did become closer with Morgan and closer with Teddy and she changed her friendship with Dorit. Dorit didn't change her friendship with Kyle. Um, so, it, I mean, I hate standing up for Dorit, but it did feel a little unfair. Well, okay. And I'm going to stand up for Kyle in this moment. So, Dorit, first off, gave up Lisa Vanderpump for Kyle. So, I think that there's that, too. Think about it. Dorit and Lisa Vanderpump were besties. No, but do you not remember Lisa Vanderpump saying, to, no, Lisa Vanderpump hated Dorit. She was like, she was like, I am friends with you by virtue of being friends with your husband. She never liked, they were like, she was her allegiance and she was her in on the show. So like Dorit should have had more allegiance to LVP probably, but LVP couldn't stand her. Well, there th- seems to be a theme. Dorit well, has a, a be- uh, like a higher understanding of their friendship than the other person does. Like, they're not on the same level. Um, But back to Kyle. Okay. We haven't used this term in a while, but it's worth bringing back. The fab fuck five, you know, for now. Well, you get it right every time. So it's like like it never (laughs) left. (laughs) That group, remember... We hated watching them because they seemed to always have each other's backs. And they all knew information about one another, but they would viciously defend the other or play, like, be very coy about things and act like they didn't know what was going on because they had this pact. And it was so obvious. It was them versus everybody else, which is why we had to get Lisa Ren out of there and then things start to break down. Kyle is still adhering to those rules. So Kyle's looking at Dorit like, why are you bringing up my marriage on camera? You know that's not a rule of the Fab Fuck 5-4. Like, that's not, that's not what we do. Why are you making cheeky comments about Morgan that play into or fuel the fires that you being close to me, if you say it, people are going to be like, well, why would she joke about that? That's what I think Kyle is holding on to. Not saying it's right, but she's like, this is how things are done as our in our friend group. You don't see Erica out here saying all this stuff. That's why I think, and that's why Erica she said, never you're got doing- protected. Like that's kind of, or she did, she did to an extent, but like, I think that's the thing is Kyle always needs protecting. Like she always needs people to not be talking about her sister and not be talking about her husband and not 
Like, but I don't feel like Dorit really demands that, except I feel like we're not talking about Dorit's finances in a way that is probably like could be on the table. But I don't, and I like Kyle. Like, I, I really enjoy her as a character. And like, as a, I like, I've always liked her on, on Housewives. I just like, I can't, I, I can't ever see her as like the um sort of audience surrogate that she sees herself as. Like, she's also insane. <laughs> Sure, sure. But I do agree with her that because Dorit's breaking the bond that they had in this group, it does seem like she's listening to the audience and trying to play into it. It did feel a little bit like that this season. And I just think that I she knows the audience wants to know about the marriage. The Morgan thing is a real thing. And I do think she was breaking away from tradition with, with that friend group. And I'm not saying it's right. But I, I know where Kyle's coming from, but she can't say, we had a bond, Dorit. You're not supposed to ask me those things. She can't say that. And it's a, it's a good point because I, Dorit uh, did it to save her job, probably, because she needs to bond with the audience. The audience doesn't like her. And if she got any information about Morgan, which she didn't really, but she did bring it up, yeah, that endeared, like, the, it endeared not endeared, that's the wrong word. But like, it was like, yeah, ask her about her marriage. I want to know. Ask her about Morgan. I want to know. So I guess she was doing that for us, which, you know, maybe isn't a good friend, but she's in luck. They were never that good of friends anyways. Right. And she probably felt threatened too. Well, if Kyle's not, is now friends with Morgan, not that Morgan's ever going to be a housewife, but like, where do I fit in? Who do I fit in with? You know? Um, It'll be, it's, 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 it's going to be really interesting. Dorit, Dorit had a hard time this episode, even though Kyle's in the hot seat and we know it's, it's coming as we get to part two and three, this was Dorit's difficult episode because there's a point at the end of the conversation because it's really Crystal and Garcelle versus Dorit and rightfully so. There's a part at the end of the episode, Dorit saying to Garcelle, do you like me? Do you want to be my friend? I think it's extremely manipulative because you're not acknowledging all the things that you did this season to act in an extremely ignorant way to first Garcelle, then to Crystal. And instead you're skipping over it, like answer these questions because if she says no, then Garcelle looks like a mean girl. And I think that's what Garcelle was, I mean, that's what Dorit was trying to paint to her. She's not acknowledging. She played totally dumb. Even when they called her out on her, not one, but two posts about living in her bubble. It's like, she she kept saying, I didn't, I, that's not what I meant. I wasn't trying to do anything. That's not what I was trying. And it's like, yes, you did. You thought and it was I funny. thought she said like the ugh, the wor- I the worst kind of thing that 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 people can say in that situation where she's like, that's a big thing to accuse me of. Of living in a bubble. It's like when people are like, you calling me racist is a big accusation. It's like, no, being racist is really bad. That's the bad thing. Like, it's not bad right, to right, be, right. it's like bad to be racist. It is not, ba- who can't, no one, I don't think shit about Garcelle saying she lives in a bubble. They all live in different bubbles. They live in Beverly Hills. Like, of course she lives, it, she is so, I didn't think about that being manipulative. It, it is because it's putting, she's saying, 
you think these things about me because you don't like me or like because you don't understand me. No, she thinks these things about you because you said them. You said she was attacking you when she wasn't. These are real things. But it's also so deeply unself-aware because like, of course Garcelle doesn't like you. What about the situation? Like, no, she doesn't. It seems that like a lot of people are not super fond of, I don't know. And and in some ways, I like Dorit, too. Like, I like what she brings to the show, but she is so deeply unclear on how people see her that it's kind of fascinating. And not trying. And I think that's the frustration of a Garcelle and Crystal and to audience people, members who watch it. Erica gets it. You don't say these words. Like, I'm telling you right now. Even Kyle gets it, you know, too, except for her trying to defend the 12-year-old comment. Like, sometimes Kyle gets it, too. But Dorit does not care to step out of her bubble, to be different, to learn. Because the real thing, and I wish Garcelle would have said this is, Dorit, do you want to be my friend? You, you aren't trying to understand, to learn, to be better. You're com- you, are, you are offensive. And it doesn't seem like you're trying to step out of your bubble by any means. I mean, especially watching her in that attire as well. It's just like, Dorit. You're a little Superman Dorit. Dorit, it's like, you are you don't want to be Garcelle's friend, but for her to flip it, I thought was extremely manipulative. Um, who do you believe, Anna Marie or Crystal? Oof. I think they're both lying. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're both Safe. telling part of the Safe. truth and partially lying. Like, for Anna Marie to say that she didn't say Crystal said like that Sutton had an eating disorder. She said it. We saw her. It's on It's on tape. She said it. She didn't mean to say it, maybe. Maybe she didn't mean it. She still said it. I think that, like, Crystal is leading so hard into this anesthesiologist thing because she's so mad. But I don't think that Anne-Marie, like, purposefully led her to believe that she's an anesthesiologist. Now, I will say... I think that Anna Marie is about to get another mean post from the board of anesthesiologists if she keeps talking like this because she she keeps saying it's the same job and it's not the same job. I think it, I think, I, I They want, might okay, be able to I do the same thing, but it would kind of be like me saying like, my job and being an investigative journalist are the same thing. It's like, probably if I tried hard enough, I could be an investigative journalist because I'm a journalist and I have the skills, but I'm not. I'm a pop culture journalist. <laughs> like, it's different. They're but just different. I, but they're, they are, I, I wonder, because I've been given anesthesia by, several times, by a nurse anesthetist. Oh, I said mm-hmm. it right that time. Got there it. There was no anesthesiologist, there was no anesthesiologist present. Like, not in the room at all. I was completely, you know, subjected to their skills and what they do. I wonder if it has to do with the amount of time, because they've all been day procedures when that's happened for me. I wonder if it's, you know, an eight-hour surgery or something like that, that they don't do that. I would be very curious to know that from her. That maybe like they can only do it for a certain amount of hours, but then when it's like the major surgeries, this requires the anesthesiologist. I just wonder if that's the case. They do do the same thing, but if it's a bigger surgery, I just I don't know. That's what I would. That's what I wish I would have known. What also frustrated me, I just want to say, in this episode is 
They kept cutting every... Kyle was interrupting like crazy, which was bothering me. But they weren't crystal specifically. Like when they asked her about, did you say this about the women? And they replay the clip where she called them uneducated. And then they question her. Somebody cuts her off. She was never held accountable for having to answer for that. Which I thought would have... And of course, I'm going to say this because Anna Marie is my friend. I would thought it would have helped... Um, and so is Crystal. I just, I just ran into Crystal, like Crystal too. But I thought it would have helped Anna Marie's point of she said these things to then, I wanted Crystal to explain herself and somebody cut her off. And that kept happening in this episode. People kept cutting people off before they got to finish their explanations. Not, But Doree. then Anna Marie wouldn't cut Crystal off. So then I don't know that she really got in like everything she was trying to say because she didn't want to like, go back and forth and argue like that, which I understand, like, that's exhausting. But I was just laughing so hard a minute ago at you saying that you actually wanted to know more about anesthesiology. <laughs> like, you know what? You know what I want more clarification on from The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? Anesthesiology. <laughs> it's better than the esophagus, who... It who, definitely um, is. Sutton said that a lot of people have reached out to her that uh-huh. suffer from that same disorder. Did you see that she posted a full innards, innards picture of her esophagus on her Instagram? It is, it is, it is graphic. Callie Curry is saying in the chat that it looked like a vagina, and it sure did. <laughs> I was like, "What is this?" But it's this has been a bad reunion so far for Dorit. It's been a good reunion for Sutton. She is looking. Easy breezy. Like, she was just like, you know what? It is fine, Annery. Thank you for apologizing. I feel like you really mean it. And I did feel like she meant it um, because that was a really bad look for her. And I think she gets it. Uh, but yeah, everybody go check out um, Sutton's esophagus on her Instagram page. Yuck. Yuck. It's I mean, episode, the ep- I don't need to after that description. The episode ends with basically... Um, Kyle again in the hot seat and just pointing out her relationship with Morgan. And I love that Dorit said this season that she's morphing into Morgan because that could not be more true, you know, and for whatever reason, it's been, it seems to have had a positive other than her divorce. It seems to have had, or separation seems to have had a positive impact on her as far as her mental health and well-being. but I hope we dig more into it. And now it seems like they're setting up why Kathy's coming. Because we know Kathy comes, but we don't understand why it's necessary. But the fact that Kyle is mad at Dorit for how she took up for Kathy and Kathy's being brought up, it seems like we're going to get a little bit of that. All right. That was a lot on Beverly Hills. We have to get to Miami. We still have to get to Summer House. Bye, Jody. Hello, Callie. This episode is brought to you by Pure Leaf Iced Tea. Go beyond reality with new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea and discover a berry delicious world bursting with unexpected blackberry flavor. A world so full of refreshing blackberry iced tea that you may never want to leave. But there's always time to linger. Try new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Visit amazon.com slash pureleaf and enter 20 Pure Leaf for 20% off your purchase of new Pure Leaf Blackberry Iced Tea. Um, all right, Real Housewives of Miami reunion. <sighs> There's a moment in this reunion, similar to some of the things we've seen on this season, which just highlights how beautiful 
the Real Housewives of Miami is. You've got... That's not what I thought you were going to say. No, you've got um, Larsa, Alexia, and maybe Larsa yelling at each other. Marisol's yelling at Nicole. You've got Julia and Kiki kissing. You've got some, uh, like, like um, Adriana might have been yelling, or one of them was just like, sta- oh, Lisa's just Adriana was, there. like, reading her poem. She was, yeah, it's it was, like, total chaos. There were 11 different things going on. And I, I just sat there, and I was like, I could watch. you. It was like you were watching five different movies, and it was absolutely amazing. Um, And that's the theme of this episode. It was chaos. You had people jumping up to go to the bathroom in the middle of people's speeches. You had Adriana bringing evidence that meant absolutely nothing. It was just a piece of paper with a random message. You had Adriana reading a poem that was actually really good, but was not necessary. The women are dressed up in full costume, even though they look stunning. It was like over the top. It was fully costume. The only one that looked normal was Lisa. And no, and um, Alexia, she looked normal. She's wearing a black dress. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, just a black dress. Lisa, Nicole, Alexia. Um, But it was just a lot. Now, they start off talking, and I'm sorry. I know Andy said that he wants to know more, but I'm literally over the Larsa and Marcus and Michael Jordan discussion. We're not getting any more. Larsa lies about it. Marcus says his his dad was just joking. The only thing we got out of it is that MJ watches, Michael Jordan watches the show. And I don't know if he just watched that one clip. I think he just probably saw that one clip. They probably showed him the clip of, of him playing. A lie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now does Scotty probably watch the show? Yeah, Scotty watches it. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Not MJ. Not MJ. Michael Jordan. Maybe I can't see I can't see Michael Jordan watching. First of all, I don't know him, just to be clear. I can't see him watching this. Um I I feel like Larsa just makes up stuff all the time. I feel like if TMZ stopped MJ in the street today and was like, hey, we heard you watch Real Housewives of Miami. We would get another. No. That's what we would get from MJ. (laughs) Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I'm tired of the, we have sex five times. To me, Uh, the fact that Marcus has a camera on him truly makes me believe the comments that Julia was saying of, you want to be on this show for clout? You are using us to build up your name. Nobody was talking about Mike Marcus Jordan before. I'm not even sure what he does. But the fact that he okayed a camera on him the entire time. The only time I remember seeing this before was with Sheena because she had to be 100 yards away from the stage. And it yeah, was necessary. Yeah. She was on the cast. There is a moment when the men normally come out. This is so unnecessary for Marcus. And the fact that he is so receptive of this type of attention says everything we need to know about Marcus Jordan. It's a little weird. Um, and I agree with what Julia said. Like, I knew who Marcus was, but like, it's a different, I have a different situation than probably most people. I, like, I had heard of Marcus. He lived in Orlando. He went to UCF. Um, but like, the general population, I don't think they know the name of N- MJ's kids. He's not his only son. Like, he has multiple sons, multiple daughters. Does, like, I don't think people know any of their names, right? Which is totally fine, by the way. Um, but yeah, he's getting fame from dating Larsa and being on this show. Um, I think to Andy's point, I agree with you. I don't need to hear any more about it. Like we can kind of draw our own conclusions at this point, but I do agree with Andy. The women didn't like beat her over the head with it 
this season at all. The reason why it even got brought up is, is because of MJ's comments to TMZ, TMZ saying he's not okay with it. And it wouldn't have even been a thing. The problem is that Larsa has said he's cool with it. We're all good with it. Makes it seem like everything is great. And then we find out you've never even seen him since dating Marcus. And like, that's the issue. You lying about it is why the women are so like, wait, you said it was fine. You said you guys were all good. Da, 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 da. If she had said it was tough and like it is awkward and we haven't been around each other, when he, when MJ said that, it wouldn't have been a big deal. They would have already known. Exactly. Exactly. But I think Larsa's instead being like, you guys are so interested in me. You're obsessed with me. Like you're so into like what me and him are doing. It's like, no, it's that you're lying. That is the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's frustrating to watch her. She could have a whole different bring a lot to the show if she started to own up to the stuff because it would be something new that we had never seen from her before. Um, but this episode was a little frustrating. As much as I said I love the chaos, there was a lot of yelling and no, we weren't as audience members getting anything. There weren't points being made. I did think it was funny when they said, when Annie was like, who here thinks that Marisol is a shitster? And I only expected Adriana to raise her hand. And I was shocked that like Lisa raised her hand. She was kind of like, ah, Nicole, maybe Gertie. Well, it also came out after that, that they all think that she hires people to like look into stuff. She made a great point. She was like, if I hired people, don't you think I would have said something more interesting? Like, it's not like I'm coming out with new details on you guys, which is fair. But I think it's weird that majority of the but cast she thinks did that you do it. Say- she said a lot of shit about Nicole when Nicole first came on. She was like, you sleep with... She had told Larsa oh, about the sleeping yeah, with yeah, doctors. Yeah, yeah. She was like, you just trying to be famous. You talk about... She actually said a lot of stuff. Now, she, and and even she does the say kiss stuff. with it's Julia just, apparently came from Marisol too. She does too, say so, stuff. Yeah. It's I, just, yeah. I'm just saying that's don't what she said her. in defense of it. But with most of the cast thinking that she does this, I'm like, okay, well, you, you might do something. There's no well, way think everyone about thinks it. this out of nowhere. What else is Marisol bringing to the table? There is no storyline. She's got to go. Marisol needs to be a friend of. Marisol's your least favorite, though. Julia, yeah. But she does need to be a friend of. (laughs) Julia needs to be a friend of. Even though she stirred the pot, she needs to be a friend of. Kiki needs to be full-time. Adriana needs to be full-time. I thought you were going to say Kiki needs to be a friend of. I think Kiki they needs need to be, be full-time Kiki needs like to be yesterday. full-time and Adriana could be full-time. And I think those swaps are necessary and we should see them. We should see it happen. If nothing else, Kiki, you can leave Adriana as a friend of. But this was a down season for Adriana, but normally she's way more. Think about how she was last season. Yeah, Think yeah, yeah. She was Usually she's she bringing was to the of. table. She wasn't, she wasn't great this year, this season. Uh, she needs to stop like making up stuff like the whole like piece of evidence that's not evidence and even the poem. It's just like, you got to bring something else. We need to, I need to know what's going on in her life too. That's, that's why we're here. It is a lifestyle show. I don't need you to be jumping in other people's life I, lives. I need you to let us know what's happening in your own. And if there's nothing going on, then be a friend of. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. Um, before we move on from Larsa and Marcus, what did you think about his comments saying like, these girls couldn't even do the dishes in our house? I, j- I think he's pathetic. 
<laughs> I just, it was, it was such a condescending comment. And it really it's was. like, but, but Marcus, you're here. That's what I thought. It's like, oh, you're making a comment like you're above everybody here, but you're sitting in a dressing room that you're sharing say, with you're other not even, people. You're not even here. You're backstage. And you're on camera. Like, you can't make that comment when you're one of, you're not even holding an orange. You are, you're a friend of a friend. You're like, it's just, it was so, I thought he's perfect for Larsa. They're, they're Did perfect. You see what I get Julia it. Julia said, uh, Julia, Julia basically was like, uh, I can't remember the exact quote, but she was basically like, I'm an immigrant. I came over, oh, I came over here with nothing. I've worked my entire life. Like I will oh, not have yes. a, Nepo, a Nepo baby talk about me, da, 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 whatever. And I was just like, yeah, like, you can't, I, I just could not believe, I honestly could not believe that he said that. For the most part, Marcus has been incredibly mild. He's barely been on the season. And when he's on the season, he's really nice. He talks to everyone, but he doesn't really get involved with the drama. He doesn't really do too much. So I'm just like, what in the world happened to where you feel like that's a good comment? I think he was trying to be, it's what I said about Sandoval. People think they're funny and they're not. And I think he genuinely that thought funny. that that was funny. And instead it was yuck. Yeah, um, it was not funny. I don't even really have much because a lot of it, I mean, okay, there was there was a moment where I'm really liking Alexia because even though she doesn't take responsibility for her own stuff, she is admitting what other people are doing, which I appreciate. When Gertie was even like, when Alexia... she does not want to. I don't think she wanted to say that, but because of how Nicole and Gertie framed it she couldn't really back down from it because they were feeding her ego by saying alexia does always tell the truth so we're yeah. gonna see if alexia tells the truth about this and i feel like alexia was like i always tell the truth i always tell the truth so i'm gonna tell the truth but that's what made alexia say it i and love I'm appreciating I, I, her they set for her up saying well. it yeah, they, they, they really did really set her well. up that was really good and i feel like they planned that um because grady kept saying we're gonna see we're gonna see we're gonna see what alexia says um and then, of course, Alexia tries to go make nice with Larsa and they end up arguing in the hallway. But it really does, like, put a light on Larsa and really feed the room, not rumors, but the speculations that we've always had about Larsa. She doesn't tell the truth. She's not honest. She kind of holds people, like, guilts people into saying things that she wants them to say. She kind of has a hold mm -hmm. on them. And that's what she did to Alexia. And that has put them to this point where they are now. And it's all, it's starting to unravel a little bit for Larsa. And I like it. Yeah. Also, just one more thing. I cannot hear Larsa say one more time, we don't talk about anyone else's parents. You're dating your ex's teammate and the teammate happens to be Michael Jordan. What are we talking about here? Even though Julia's comparison was good. It was really good, although Marcus was like, not even close. Uh, again, gross. Ew. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> Again, like don't like don't make women's sports seem less than men because both of those names, Chris and Martina, are huge, huge, huge. Also, we all know how famous Michael Jordan is. He's one of, I mean, probably top two of all time athletes. Like we know, we don't need you to keep telling us. We all know, we all know. And I don't think she was saying like, they're as famous. She's like, this is a similar comparison. People would be talking about it. Yes. 
They would, especially if they're on a show. Um, okay, let's jump to Summer House, which was a much better episode than the first one. And but I I'm feel so happy bad in saying that. this. But I feel bad in saying this because what I enjoy about Summer House is what this show was built on. Tension between Kyle and Amanda, them always not being on the same page. Um the relationship with Lindsay and whoever, whoever is always yeah. a lot of drama. Lindsay being activated. This is what the show was built on. This is why I like to watch it. But I also feel bad about that because these are real relationships. I don't want to see Kyle and Amanda fail, but I oh, do enjoy. I do enjoy the back and forth. It makes the show more interesting. And we got a lot of that. But it was interesting because I didn't understand it. There was a moment where Lindsay, uh, Lindsay, where um, Amanda refused to talk to Kyle. And she was like, I don't want to talk about it. I want to talk about it. And they're in the bedroom. But I'm like, what What made you upset? How did we get here? How did we get here? I Yeah. Obviously, something has been building for a long time between them because they came into the house not happy. Um, and to only be married less than two years, I believe. Almost two years, around two years. But they work together. Not everybody can work oh, no, together I know, and be in a I know, relationship. But I'm That's saying- tough. Two years and they're in this spot seems a little early and a little worrisome. Although I do think they make it through and are fine at, at this like present moment. I just think it's also interesting because it's relatable. Like couples are not always perfect. I, I like how they don't pretend like everything is always perfect all the time. I don't like when couples do that. It's not real. You're going to get into arguments. You're going to fight. About- also, these are like huge decisions that they're fighting over, which I think are very common. If one person wants kids and the other person doesn't want kids or doesn't think they're ready for kids, that is a very huge argument that happens with a ton of couples. So I find it super relatable. Do I want them to argue? Do I want them to fall apart? No. Um, But I just think it's interesting to watch because it's something that a lot of people struggle through. And even when you have kids, I think there's a struggle after that too. So I just think it's interesting. Yeah, it's it is it is interesting, and you're right about it being relatable. Um, what's not interesting, and hard to watch. I mean, it's just hard to watch. Carl and Lindsay come back this episode because they weren't there. They were out of town last week, and. They come in all bubbly, all happy. Lindsay's a little apprehensive about being with the other women, but Carl seems to be a solid rock for her. And then it's just all, it's like you can't hide it, right? So they want to present that everything is all good and everything's been great. Things have been just a tad stressful with the wedding planning, but we're all good and we love each other and we're excited. And then their true colors come out. And by them, I really mean Lindsay. Lindsay yeah. has not, the years we've been watching her, she has not changed. She hasn't gotten any no. better. And when she was her best is when she was sober. And I think Carl's probably realizing I'm going to have to be with somebody who's sober or at least who drinks very little. Well, you know, or maybe. Or someone it, who handles alcohol very well. Lindsay does not handle alcohol well at all. Um, but I think if you're going to be sober, you have to be with someone that isn't as activated or sloppy or whatever you want to call it as Lindsay. Like if they're, if you're going to be with someone who does drink alcohol, I feel like you have to drink, do be with someone who's super responsible. I was just thinking, I'm like, Ooh, if this is how the rest of the season is going to go, 
this is not going to be good for Lindsay because after episode one, I'm like, Carl seemed pretty normal. Everyone seemed to agree with Carl. No one really understands why zero, why, why Lindsay went zero to a hundred in the back of their car. And like, you can't say that no one else was there. Jordan and Kyle were there and they're in a car. Like they could hear you guys. And everyone else is like, nothing happened. Like he, she just got mad at him for no reason. So I don't know what's going on with Lindsay, although we've seen this time and time again. And if you're not addressing those issues like internally, then yeah, you're right. Nothing is going to change. Um, but the dynamic we've seen thus far is not good. And I'm not sober. <laughs> <No>. uh, <laughs> but I would have to imagine saying you're on someone on something being on TV saying that you're doing cocaine multiple times when you are Ooh, sober specifically and, said it yeah yeah and I've lost a sibling to something like this that would be a deal breaker for me I think that she doesn't <laughs> I think she doesn't remember what she did. And I'm not excusing it. And I think that's why we've gotten this statement from her the next day after this episode aired. Because I really think, and even when she was talking to like Gabby, it's like she, it wasn't resonating. She couldn't remember what happened. And she had this reality in her mind and it wasn't what actually happened. So she posts on social after watching back, back this week's episode, I wish I had used better wording. I was emotional and hurt by what had transpired earlier in the night. And what I said was meant to be a private conversation at home with one of my best girlfriends. No, okay. This is a terrible statement. I have never awful, questioned the sobriety no before no this no moment. Well, she's a publicist. I have never questioned his <laughs> sobriety before his before this moment. And from and from day one, I was his biggest supporter. I've always been transparent on the show about my feelings and we know my friends were support, blah, blah, blah. No, the way the ease in which she said that, she has said that before. A hundred percent. And even Gabby being like, Lindsay, that sounded like a sober man. Lindsay wasn't like, oh, okay, like I hear you. No, she wanted to say it. She wanted to say it on camera because she said it multiple times on camera. So if they didn't get in the kitchen, they're going to pick it up, pick it up in the bedroom. Like she made sure that everyone heard it and her being like, this was meant to be a private conversation. You're on a reality television show and this is not your first rodeo. If this was her first season, I could be like, I get it. You don't really you forget the cameras are there and you're at home, whatever you're relaxed. No, this is season what for Lindsay? You knew what you were doing and let's not act like you're not calculated. Like we know what was going on here and you've clearly said it before. I agree with you. And even in her apology, she's not apologizing for saying he wasn't sober. No, she's not. She's apologizing. She's not. She's saying like that was meant to be a private moment, which obviously it's not. Um, and I've never questioned it until this moment. So she's still like double down. I still questioned it in this moment. Yet no one else is questioning it. Also, I don't know if you've ever been around someone who's on cocaine, especially if they've been sober for years prior. They're not acting like Carl. No, even Gabby goes, well, that sounded like a sober man to me. Right. Like flat out right. said it. Even his text messages to her were so level-headed and Clear. reasonable. Um, it is interesting, I'll say, that when the news came out that they separated, it seemed like Lindsay was blindsided and Carl just put this on her on camera. And that could be the case. But the way this is starting out, it's like, 
Why would you want to be married to somebody? You keep saying you're his supporter, but like you're doing things that are so problematic and disrespectful to his sobriety journey. Well, also when she walked into the house with Gabby, the first thing she said was, that's why I do everything I can to to not spend time with him. I'm like, I didn't hear her say that. Jeez. You're saying this about someone you are supposed to get married to in a few months. And like, even at the park, when he made the joke, I'm not going to call you babe this summer. I'm going to call you dude. Obviously, he's joking because last summer they caught you on camera saying babe nine billion times. And yeah. Like, Lindsay couldn't yeah, yeah. even laugh at that. She was like, not funny. Yeah. I was like, this is yeah. not, not a good start. <laughs> we're, not even, we're not even in the Hamptons yet. You can't right, even right. laugh at a joke. Exactly. Um, it's going to be so interesting to watch that fallout. And I don't feel as guilty because we know it's over. Um, couple of things. I really like Wes. Oh my gosh. West. I kind of, West. Absolutely love him. What a great addition to the show. He is perfect. Yeah. His timing he's is so, so good. Funny. He's fun. Like he's, and it's funny when Sierra was like, okay, what else do you have? Like, I want the, I want the funny guy. I want the funny guy. I'm like, Austin's not funny. He's no. fun. She's There's like, a she difference like, between I've had fun funny. I've had funny. funny. I was like, who? Yeah. Who is Austin's funny? fun. I wouldn't say he's funny. West is funny. Like, his timing is so good. Um, the Jesse Solomon of it all, you know, uh, he's, he starts off, like, being unapologetic of coming after Paige or any woman that's in any type of relationship, which is so off-putting. It's like, well, if I see that they're cute, I'm going to go for it. But then he talks about being a two-time cancer survivor. So then you're like, wow, he's really been through something. And what I have from other cancer survivors that I know, especially when, when um, they're diagnosed at a young age, they really are like zero fucks, live life to the fullest. I don't care what you think because my time is so precious on this earth in a way that other people who haven't been challenged in that way don't. So not that I excuse it, but I'm like, oh, well, that behavior of if that if I see that girl's cute, I'm going to talk to her anyway, falls in line with that type of mentality. I think I'm going to end up liking Jesse. Um, but like West has just shined so much. Oh, gosh. I absolutely loved when Wes was like, yeah, there's two new guys. I mean, he's tall, but like, I'm, I'm very confident. And like what I, I was just like, his like confidence in his personality is, is great. And it's great. He really does have such a good personality. And I the black Sierra, friends. Like, I hope she does. <laughs> and the black. Oh, and the, the black, black friends. friends. Like he was just ticking boxes left and right. I really, really like him. And I hope Sierra... I think she just like has like an idea in her head of who she's supposed to be with and they look like Austin. Um, but like... She's got to let that go. It's not working like for her. a really good dude. He's funny. I really... I was thinking at the end of the episode, I was like, West, please don't disappoint me because I like you so much right now. She's got to let go. It hasn't been working for her so far. Um, and I just... I'm not that into Jesse. And, it's, and maybe it's because Wes is shining so much. But also like... He's just a bro. I'm not into bros. That's just the yeah, energy bros that he's are good giving. for this house. So I think eventually no, no, no. I will for like the house. Him. Yeah, for the house. Yeah, yeah. For the I house. mean, for Sierra. I'm specifically oh, speaking no, for no, Sierra. No, 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 yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. West. And for he sure. thinks he's he thinks he's Trey Songs. He thinks he's Mister Still Your Girl. <laughs> Where is Craig? I need I need Craig to be like outrageous <laughs> no. at this point. 
Like, I need that um, energy from Craig. Tearing up the house, which, Craig. I haven't even seen him in previews. So I'm like, come on, Craig. When are you coming in? No, Maybe no, not. he comes. He Maybe has not. To come. He has to come. Um, but this did make me much more excited for this season. Yeah. Yeah. And I said this earlier, um, before we hopped on mic, I just noticed that Maya's not there. I just noticed that Sam is not there. I just uh, noticed... I noticed- I noticed Sam wasn't there last episode only because like she had said something in a podcast maybe that they did not ask her back. And well, they, that they makes did sense. not ask her to go and they did not ask her to go to Winter House either. All of that That's makes why sense. she only showed up at the end for an episode. Yeah. Yeah. I it, it, it was it was not necessary. It's not necessary. Did was Corey on Summer House or only Winter House? He was on Summer House. He last visited season. Summer I just House. Don't know. He visited yeah, I just don't know if he'll be... I assume he'll may, maybe make an appearance this season. Who knows? I saw him He's single again. Oh, he was oh. walking around like... that. He was walking around like, do people notice me? Do people notice... Yeah. Like, you know how people walk... You know how people look like that? Like, you could tell yeah. he wanted to be recognized. Was he recognized? Um, I don't know. I was in my own section having a good old time. I just spotted him. <laughs> I just spotted him. <laughs> Nobody in my section said... I recognized him. I didn't say anything. Nobody said yeah. anything to him. Um, anyways that is it um hope you guys enjoyed this episode we'll be back next week same time same place guys have a safe beautiful weekend and we will see you next friday bye bye